Murder, Mystery, and Mayhem, Laced with Morality, where all authors and experts are invited to share, learn, and together make this a better world where light pierces through the darkness. I'm excited for our guest today. I had the honor of meeting him through an organization that we both belong to. Um, it's Crime Writers of Color. Um, and his name is Christopher Chambers. He is a DC native, a professor of media studies at Georgetown University and chair of the International Conflict Resolution Center. And he also serves as general counsel for a major corporation company in Saratoga Springs, New York, and somehow finds time to write best-selling crime fiction, graphic <laughs> novel scripts, and vintage pulp. That's that's a pretty well-rounded person here. So <laughs> I, I hope that people don't feel, uh, you know, like they're inferior right now. They're, they may be struggling, but keep on listening because he's a down-to-earth guy. So he's the author of the Angela Bivens thriller series for Random House, the Rocket Crockett Pulp Noir series for Prose Press, and editor along with Gary Phillips of the Darker Mass graphic short story collection. You're gonna wanna you you're gonna really want to listen to this. So it's the Buckaroo Rides Again, honoring Harlem's Herb Jeffries. He was a finalist in 2008 for the Pen Malamud short story for Leviathan. He's contributed to short stories to the Obama Inheritance, 15 15 stores of Conspiracy North, Three Rooms Press, The Black Panther, Tales of Wakanda. The Faking of the President and Midnight Hour, all major award-winning collections and bestsellers. His more hard-boiled mystery scavenger tw in 2020 won a star review and profile in Publishers Weekly. And those of you who are writers know how difficult that is to, to achieve. So kudos to, to, to him for that. The sequel standalone sees a return of the indestructible homeless addict turned P.I. Dickie Cornish patrolling the unforgiving city streets streets ravaged by COVID. Wow, welcome, welcome, Christopher. We're we're excited to have you here. Oh, thank you very much. And you know, yeah, it, it I don't know when I have time to do anything. Else. Yeah. I, I should I should set up like a, a, a keyboard and screen in the bathroom or something. <laughs> you know now, <laughs> Now that's not a bad idea because some of us have notebooks in the bathroom, in the car, by our bed, so you never know. That, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I definitely should do that. Or, you know, I mean, sometimes I have a, a, ideas come to me in the shower, and yeah. and, and it, but here's the thing: it's not like book stuff. It's not writing. It's like day job stuff because the book stuff it tries to eat through the other side into my left side of my brain to, to consume, <laughs> consume the you know the stuff that keeps the lights on and the groceries bought that's right yeah yeah because it's it is difficult it's difficult to um to keep the lights on just strictly writing so yeah any of us yeah in the field we do tons of other things uh, i'm sure you do speaking and and consulting like you like we mentioned in your bio so yeah. Oh yeah, but the first. But I mean, this is this is you know this is my first. You know, I mean, this isn't this isn't a hobby. I mean, and, and, and people probably have heard this before, but you know, we're 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 not hobbyists. You know, we're <laughs> not building a model railroad in our basement. Even though people like that, they take it seriously too. But I mean, but it's still it's still a hobby. You know that um, we're actually you know we're closer to, to I would say artists. Yeah and, yeah, and and art is 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 never a hobby. Uh, you know, mm -hmm. I don't I don't I don't want that to sound presumptuous yeah. or arrogant. But, uh, you know, mm -hmm. I don't mean that. It, it, it but it's not. It, it can't be a hobby because if it's not a hobby, I mean, if it is a hobby, then you aren't putting your heart and soul into it. Right. Yeah. And I think that's evident in the accomplishments that you've made. You, there's no way that your writing life could be a hobby. Um, with the accolades that you've achieved so, thus far, so oh, thank you. Yeah, kudos to you. So, so what would you consider your current role in the publishing industry right now? Well, it's it's funny. Um, you had mentioned crime writers of color. Um, so many people in that group are so much younger than me now. I almost feel like, <laughs> you know, uh, 
uh, uh, you know, uh, you know, like 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 the old player at the club, you know, <laughs> bopping around. And if anybody wants, you know, me to buy them a drink, I'll buy them a drink. But otherwise, they leave me alone. Um, but I mean, it's 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 it's. Um, I do feel that um, you know that I am kind of a veteran, but I, I at the same time. I did bow out for a little while because of, you know, a lot of day job stuff. And, and you know, as you can imagine from reading off my bio. Um, so I come in and I come out of the business. Um, but I like, you know, I'm, I'm certainly not a, uh, uh, an old elder statesman, kind of like a Walter Mosley. I, I don't yeah. consider myself that. Yeah. I consider myself an elder statesman, I'm, I'm more like an elder or an el- just like an elder, like any other elder that you would come to to say, look, I mean, you know, you've been through the wars. How right. things changed? How they remain the same? What advice can you give? What, you know, how did you come up? Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I'm not looking down from Mount Olympus like some of these people are. Right. Um, you know, whether they're in our genre uh, or not. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I'd like to think that I'm, you know, I, I have a reputation. I have a, a body of work. And it's a very diverse body of work, and it's one that's that, that presses the envelope. I don't like dealing with tropes and 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 trends. And you know, um, when I was younger and I was writing, I was still practicing law. I was mm-hmm. writing um, mystery and crime novels, uh, hardcovers at a time when most um, in, 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 a, in a smaller Af- African American. Um, um, audience were, were, were reading uh, relationship related right. novels, you know, and, and yeah. you know, you know, the player with five boyfriends, or, I'm sorry, yeah. five girl, oh, it could be five boyfriends, <laughs> oh, yeah, five be. girlfriends, <laughs> the pastor having a, having an affair with, with somebody, you know, um, that kind of stuff. And, and, um, you know, it was, it was, it was hard at first, mm-hmm. um, because you had Walter out there who was breaking down walls, but, you know, right. then there, there, there was, you know, a lot of other people that, that were, you know, really trying to, you know, kind of make a name. And, and a lot of them were, you know, were, were black females like uh, Grace Edwards and Valerie Wilson Wesley and uh, Eleanor Taylor Bland and uh, Barbara Neely. And then now in Crime Writers of Color, I would say two thirds of the members are female. Uh, African-American, Filipina, Latina, you know, um, mm-hmm. Asian, um, South Asian, Indian, you know, it, it mm-hmm. they, um, you know, and, and, and it's really just exploded, especially for women of color. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas when I started out, there were very few men and, and, and then there were these kind of iconic few women and that was it. Yeah. And uh, like Frankie, Frankie Bailey, you know, has been around forever. I mean, and, and they were real pioneers. And now they have this generation of daughters, if you will, in, in crime writers of color yeah. that have really turned the, the mystery and thriller and, and crime fiction genre on its ear. Whereas now with me, I mean, with the men, um, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, it's, it seems we've we've got our stable, but. A lot of the people, you know, from where I look in the business now who are writing the cutting edge stuff, it seems to be moving away from crime fiction and mystery to real almost literature. Yeah. And it, it's almost literature of crime. If you look at S.A. Cosby, Sean Cosby stuff, it's almost and John Vircher stuff. It's kind of a, a literature of crime mm-hmm. rather than, you know, strict, the strict mystery check off the boxes you know, kind of, of, of mystery or crime fiction. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I don't know if we males are, are turning the industry on our, our, on its head. I think we're just moving into a, into a new and exciting direction. Whereas the females of color have just turned the, the whole thing on its ear. So w- whether you look at it from that point of view or the other, we're really doing a lot of incredible things these days that I never would have thought of back in 2000 when I started writing. Yeah, that, that's true. And I'm glad you, you pointed out, you know, the color, it's, it's diverse. It doesn't just mean African-American. I, th- there's um, a lady, oh my goodness, she's such an incredible writer. Um, she, she lives in Singapore and she is Indian. And, uh, and she, her name is Demienti Biswas. Yes, and, yes. Yeah, she, she's a fantastic writer. And it, it, it reads 
you're right. It reads like some. It's beautiful prose. Oh my goodness! It's more like a literary art. Yeah, it's it's yeah. It is it is um yeah. And and I didn't mean to say that it was just males of color, younger males oh, no. of color who were yeah. moving into the literature thing. I mean, but because she's an example of somebody who has definitely uh, um, done that, but. It, it 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 it's like everywhere you look, it, it, there are people pushing different envelopes. I mean, you know, the yeah. Publishers Weekly and Crime Reads say that I push an envelope. You know, with these yeah. books, it, it's we're we're pushing, and we're, and that's what's good about diversity is that you're yeah. you're always moving forward because you have new voices pushing things, taking them out of the old ruts and the staleness yeah. and the sameness, and pushing them into new directions. So you know, it, it, it's. It, it's exciting, you know, to see that. It really is. Yeah. Are there any new projects you've been working on? Well, I have um, uh, my uh, in, in this Dickie Cornish series. The second book just came out, literally just came out. Uh -huh. And um, so that's standalone, which is the, the sequel to Scavenger okay. um, from Three Rooms Press. Um, my um um i'm in a anthology called witnesses for the dead yeah it's coming out in november um with a really exciting lineup of people like gary phillips and gar anthony williams and um um richie navarez just a, a bunch of people wow. from soho crime yeah. and that's a crazy collection of wow. crime short stories that where the theme is somebody who's witnessing or has witnessed somebody getting killed Wow. And either either in real time or it happened, you know, 10 seconds ago or 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's some kind of heart stopping stuff right there. Mm. Uh, my, my story in it, in it is called Envy, which is pretty scary, I'd like to think, or at least the editors thought it was scary. Wow. So, <laughs> what, which, um, why, why is it scary? Well, because I, it, it's... I'm moving into uh, more of a suspense mode in that story. It's still crime fiction, but it's more of the suspense, like what's going to happen next. It's written in first yeah. person oh. and it's, you know, kind of unfolding in front of you and you're kind of given a lot of misdirections of, you know, it's based, the story is basically about this kind of milk toast kind of nerdy uh, guy who lives with his mama in the hood and mm -hmm. he's out walking his mama's dog one night mm -hmm. as he does every night you know she's this little spoiled little lap dog and um, he you know he runs into like these guys he went to high school with who were you know all just kind of hang out on the corner and 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 but see they're you know they're all like in their their 30s and 40s so you know this, is, this has been going on way too long but we you know we all have been in neighborhoods and stuff where that's happened <laughs> yeah generationally and he and they, they keep asking him about you know some woman who disappeared um a couple of uh, weeks prior who they were all in school with too and he used to tease him and he's walking his dog and he sees a girl who's a um obviously a, a white girl is obviously a gentrifier who's out um jogging and stuff and he's she's a neighbor and he's he's seen her and tried to talk to her just to be nice to her but he sees her kind of jog into the darkness as he's walking the dog and i can't tell you the rest <laughs> oh oh man that's that's a cliffhanger okay and yeah. i'm gonna have to buy that then yeah. so it's wow. called witnesses for the dead and it's coming out on um uh, november 12th i think um okay. from soho crime and then I'm working on um, an, um, um, a, a, a follow-up to Marvel. Uh, we did the uh, Black Panther Tales of Wakanda, and the, the, the hardcover was already out, so they're, they're reissuing the, um, the uh, paperback <clears throat> excuse me, in time for the movie. And then we're working on, um, uh, basically, I don't know what the title is yet, but it's about the, you know, the new Captain America, who used to be the Falcon, Mm -hmm. And uh, Sam, who's now Captain America and everything that he has to deal with, uh, being the new Captain America. Now, Steve Rogers is basically retired and wants to live his life as, a, as an old man as well. He deserves. So um, um, so it's, that's probably coming out uh, towards the end of 2023. Mm -hmm. 
and you know there's I, I'm uh, there I'm helping out in a variety of of, uh, of graphic projects um, because I like to get in and and you know I'm, I'm I'm not I'm not adept enough to have my own project and then it's me and one artist I'm not a big name like that but I like to help out and kind of lend my name to you know some projects so um, you know we're working on a couple of things with. Um, um um with dc uh yeah. one of their lesser labels um or, or sub labels and um you know I'm, and you know and some independent comics too so i'm trying to stay you know I mean, i'm always busy i can't say i'm trying yeah. to stay busy i'm trying to stay engaged <laughs> engaged um, i like that word yeah yeah but i mean it's it's it's, it's fun to see what other people are doing now because you know i am older now and you know it, it, it is it is harder to kind of come up with fresher stories when you're you know you got gray hair and, <laughs> and all the kids are on on TikTok and stuff like that and you gotta you got you know and, you know luckily i live in it i live in an area in dc where all i have to do is walk outside and i can pick up the latest slang and everything right yeah but other than that it's, it's a chore wow oh, oh my god yeah, we were learning about, um, actually was at Killer Nashville, about uh, getting on TikTok. It's, it's a great platform for authors. And so, you know, just even, you don't even have to be a, an older author to struggle with struggle with something like that. Because even the younger authors were like, oh, what does TikTok have to do with writing? But yeah, it's out. hard. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's almost, you know, you know if you, YouTube for just speaking, or or reading or having a trailer if you have that is is much more straightforward but TikTok, yes. you really have to yeah. use your imagination i mean you know you don't necessarily have to dance around mm -hmm. but you can you can you you you, you know I, i'm i'm on it but i just i'm just on it to watch other people's stuff i, I don't have my own <laughs> yeah well, who knows? Maybe one day we'll be on TikTok. You never, you never. Yeah, know. we could, we can do a stitch and 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 do some dances, you know. And, yeah who knows we'll see how that goes well i wanted to ask you how did you get involved in graphic comics well i i um and that that's a very esoteric closed world you know it, it you know maybe a lot more open now but that comes from building a tree of who you know you know i mean okay. you know from from the um from when i did sympathy for the devil and a prayer for deliverance which are two hard covers for um uh random house back you know back in the day those are my first two right. um i moved um you know i basically was part of that world and i met gary phillips who's okay. a you know prolific um you know not just you know comic writer for right. uh, graphic novels but, you know but detective novels this that and the other thing and a bunch of other people and you know just hooking up with them basically Wow. Um, mm -hmm. and, and projects that they get that they get uh, hooked into or they know of. I mean, there's um, 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 I met um, someone, you know, way back when 2002, when I was on tour with, with Sympathy for the Devil. And, and uh, he hooked me up with um, Reginald Hudlin, who was working on a, a Black Panther uh, uh. comic, because that was that was it's a shame, but it took until the 2000s really for marvel to ask black people to start writing the scripts yeah. for some of these black panther mm. comics because you know most of them were were basically um written by you know uh, white people yeah um you know but even even you know blade you know the vampire killer of marvel i mean his character was invented by and and, and written by a guy named Marv Wolfman, who was not uh, uh, black, and yeah. Um, but I mean, I got to meet these people, and in turn, these people said, "Hey, could you, why don't you punch up the script a little bit? And why don't you give me some ide ideas of, um, of what some of these panels should look like for the artists? You know, because I have mm -hmm. a very visual mind as well. Right. I can't. You know, I'm not going to sit there and say I can draw and ink this stuff, but you know I, I i have a visual enough mind that i can i can you know put it into words mm -hmm. and you know um in collaboration with people not on my own mm -hmm. um you know we did this thing um 
with artist Sean Martinborough called The Wren. And, you know, I, I, I came up with a lot of the conceptual ideas. And Wren was short for Renaissance, Harlem Renaissance. So right. it was kind of a, you know, it was, it was almost like, the, you know, a cotton club kind of a feel to it with, with white and black gangsters, you know. Um, and, and just um, coming up with some of the, the story concepts, too, you know, is, mm-hmm. is, you know, helps. And, you know, and there, you know, you draw from everything. I mean, you, you know, you, 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 you have um, whatever your skill set is. I mean, you know, there are people, you know, when, when I did some of the, the pulp uh, books and one of the pulp books got, you know, turned into a graphic uh, novel. I mean, I, 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 I drew on stuff that my... Uh, grandfather, uh, great uncle, sorry, not my grandfather, would tell me about the Korean War, right? And 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 knowledge there, and that get, that gets folded into it, and and mm-hmm. the, being in the Navy, and and um, you know, it, it, it's it, it you, you you draw upon different things in your life and in your skill set that that helps enriches that helps to enrich uh, what you're working on, and and it doesn't have to be. You know, you could be writing something totally about the street, which is um, standalone. But I try to bring in some themes um, and some ideas that you know aren't from the street. I mean, I have uh, a character and some themes that 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 um, kind of border on Greek mythology. Okay. You know, and mm-hmm. and you know, it's not taking over anything, and it's not symbolism for symbolism's sake. I mean, it means mm-hmm. something. It has to, because it has to, you know, um, affect the characters and advance the plot. But, you know, it, these these things come from different directions, and they they you know they enrich what you do. You know, you should never you know disqualify or forget what you learned in life or school or anything when you're writing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's so very true. So, so, so you segue great into the into this next question, like. If you could discuss your journey as a writer, a networker, and industry professional. So, in a nutshell, like, just how do you manage um, these obligations in in the publishing industry? Because you've done a really good job in networking. I don't know if people know. Well, I'm sure they do. Like, you know, Gary Phillips. Like, he's he's iconic. But just even the Obama inheritance. Oh yeah, it's caliber people that are (laughs) that are on there. You have to, I, here, here's what start. I, I'm going to give it to you in a nutshell because it, it yeah. began and ended very quickly. Yeah. I was lucky enough because of who I knew to get an agent, um, very quickly, right at the beginning of my career. Okay. Because I knew some, I knew some people in New York, uh, who worked for the Associated Press, including, uh, a friend of my aunt's. And I mean, these aren't necessarily African-American people or people of color, but just random people. And uh, this pretty big literary agent at the time, Linda Chester, uh, read my stuff and that became Sympathy for the Devil. And she was able to sell it in a two book deal. Wow. And and what that did was put my name out there, um, not necessarily for younger people who are in the business now, but at least now I become a historic figure. So now they can they can reference that. So say if I duck out of the business for two years or three years and I come back into it, people still remember me. Right. And so that, you know, even if I have to get a new agent or something, people still say, oh, you're Chris Chambers. Mm-hmm. So, no, I don't have that built up kind of snowball going down the hill mm-hmm. kind of a career. Where it's, where it's now at the end of the bottom of the hill, it's this giant boulder of snow that sucked <laughs> up everything. What I have is every now and then you get hit by a snowball and that's me. Yeah. And then and people go, oh, okay, that's Chris. And so my, my trajectory has not been as traditional, mm-hmm. but, you know, what I've managed to do is keep my name out there um, enough and with enough kind of gravitas that people even younger people in the business will all they have to do is just look me up and they and they can see who i am mm-hmm. um so is that the best trajectory for people no mm-hmm. um but like i said i've had uh given this kind of stuff i do i've had day job challenges where i've had to you know really had to knuckle down and, and life happens also right yeah. family happens so, you know, 
it, that's a good, been a good trajectory for me. Um, is it the best? Even the best for me? No, but it I means it's, it's it's served a purpose. Yeah. I mean, I think that if I had been more, um, you, you know, with with just taken off like a rocket, you know, after Linda, you know, I probably I probably you know I don't know if I'd be Walter Mosley, but I could probably be <laughs> up there um, doing this, you know, commanding, you know, the kind of TED Talk type crap that some of these people do. Yeah. But it's it's. You know, it, that's not that important to me. I mean, a lot of my day job stuff is very important to me. It's important to other people. Mm-hmm. Other people depend on me. So I look at this as I look at the, you know, snowball uh, thing, uh, throwing the snowballs better than it rolling down the hill and getting huger and huger and huger. Yeah. I like that better. Now, I'm not now my snowballs maybe are, are a little bigger now. Yeah, and you will take a little bit more notice, but I, you know, it's still not the big giant boulder heading to the bottom. And, and quite frankly, when the when it, when the big giant boulder gets to the bottom, it, it usually busts apart. Yeah, I think that it's 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 nicer for me to just keep heading down the hill, chucking a few balls here and there, and mm-hmm. even at the bottom of the hill, just chucking it and 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 just see where it lands. Yeah. Because in the end, you know, it, it, it depends on what you where you want to be. Do you want a body of work that you can be proud of? Or do you want to be, you know, on Jimmy Kimmel and Jimmy Fallon and 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 and, and have people interview you and, 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 and you know, you want to be on the red carpet? I mean, you know, what 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 do you want? Yeah. And and um and I and my advice is, you know, is to go for, you know, just putting out a body of work that you could be proud of. And if, if that means, you know, you don't have the best agent in the world or like, when I mean the best, like, you know, the, 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 the big name mm-hmm. person in New York that's out there, you know, gr- grabbing people's hands and saying, you know, notice this person or you don't have the best gigantic publisher is going to spend, you know, money, you know, getting you on every show, getting you on every podcast, getting you in every store. Yeah. Even if you don't, you know, just get, you know, when you see the book in print and um and it's and to say it isn't an independent bookstore or something like that then you you're now immortal right you know yeah. and you should be proud of that you're now immortal mm-hmm. and 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 um you know I, I you know amazon is a good outlet for that but i mean i think that if, if you can if you can move beyond say print on demand or something like that at amazon and actually mm-hmm. have it physically printed and in a store Right. Then you're, you know, that's something that, you know, you can check off that list <laughs> and you can go to heaven at that point. <laughs> well, well, what about, what about advice now? What advice can you share with our author community regarding marketing themselves and regarding building a platform? Because those are two buzzwords that we're just never going to stop hearing about. Yeah. I mean, I think these days you do have to have some kind of social media presence, obviously. You've got to build, you know, do your research on building that up, you know, um, but building it up ethically, you know, and morally. I mean, don't be one of these these weird influencers. And I think in, if you're looking at people who write serious nonfiction, who write serious genre fiction like crime and mystery, um, they um, th- they're serious people. I mean, you, you, you know, although even though in the business, in order, you know, they want to see people like have all these followers. You know, and the way you get these followers is probably to be kind of bizarre and to be ostentatious and crazy. Yeah. You know, um, but you know, you you don't need to do that. Um, but but you do need to put yourself out there. Um, you do need to to sit and think about what the arc of your your career as a writer is going to be. And you also, and that also involves, you know, do you think you need extra help? You know, I, I, I did, I never, um, went to any writing workshops, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, I, I had, I was lucky with, um, with my first agent where she basically was, she and her minions were basically my boot camp. Wow. And everything I learned, I learned from her. And then, you know, when I, whenever I'd move into a new genre, like say the, the pulp or something like that, I'd be with somebody who would boot camp me. Yeah. Um, but uh, at some point, you know, you have to decide whether you need that extra help. But I mean, but 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 do it, 
you know, as you after you think through what extra help you need, if you can get any feedback, don't just spend money on writing workshops and going to writing workshops here and there and traveling. Um, mm -hmm. You know, get some serious feedback and then be specific and strategic, mm -hmm. and yeah. and you know learn you know learn from it and um, you know and, and again I mean and if you if you really are serious about pushing this I think you know um, having an agent is is you know they they are the gatekeepers fortunately or unfortunately for the industry <laughs> I mean just like um, you know it's 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 it, it it shouldn't be that way especially for novels. Right. In any genre and, and, and any any kind of prose, I don't I don't see why that has to ha be that way. Um, but it, it is, and it's like that in the you know in the in the, in, in the film and TV and music. Mm -hmm. um, you know, whereas it didn't used to be, you know, in music they'd send people out to clubs and sign you right there. And if you know if you, if you had a manager and an agent, you wouldn't get taken advantage of. But they didn't want you to have one. Right. <laughs> But yeah. um, um, but now it's a little different. Um, although some publishers will pick you up if they think you've got the right, you know, the right stuff. Yeah. Um, um, but then you know when it comes time for a subsequent work, you know, you should definitely try to to find an agent. Um, so I, you know, I would, I would, um, I would concentrate on you know developing the craft and then thinking about you know what kind of, of, of representation you're, you're going to need as you enter into it exactly um, right. there's some yeah because there are some ways you can enter into it without it I mean there are competitions and there are scholarships and you know there are groups you know even even uh, crime writers of color that'll offer that kind of stuff right but then at some point you're probably going to have to get an aid mm -hmm. you know see yeah, start thinking I, about it up front yes I mean I got an agent after a publisher picked me up <laughs> well yeah you know and yeah that's exactly what i'm saying i mean i'm not saying you know you got to go through the traditional route and sweat that out what i am saying is that yeah i mean you you know at some point um what whatever leads you into the business at some point you're going to have to get an agent yeah that's yeah that's true I, I i we were even talking earlier about killer nashville i just met a young lady there who picked up numerous awards and she's actually indie published she's self-published right she's so successful um, she had she got an agent just to manage all of all of her books and some of them are there um, people are looking at them to be opted for movies and she needs someone to negotiate so yeah so that might surprise people that even if you are you know indie self-published that um, once you get to a certain level, having an agent would be to you know, would really yeah, benefit you. A lot of it is, you know, I mean, and then what happens is sometimes it, it's it's like um, that's how people like Elon Musk, you know, get rich. I mean, at some point, right. you know, if you're noticed by major publishers or or their smaller imprints, which they like to call independent, and they're not, yeah. but uh -huh. um, you might get. You know, they might try to buy you out, and you're still right. so you're, you're going to need somebody at some point for that anyway. Mm -hmm. And then they'll, then they'll start printing your books and 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 go more mainstream. And then it's the same with book to film. I mean, you you can have the best literary agent in the world, but you still unfortunately have to find somebody in Los Angeles that that does book to film. <laughs> I mean, so so now now you have to go through another level of nonsense right. <laughs> you know i mean because even even if um uh, i've had people tell me who who actually work in the business it's, you know yeah i mean i'd love to to fly you out here and we'll, and we'll talk but you know you you have to have an agent first mm. you know wow. and you call you know have that person call mine call my agent when you have one wow you know but you know mm. and, th and that's how that's how it works i mean they're 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 gatekeepers mm -hmm. and um you know, uh, I don't think that the print-on-demand and self-publishing stuff has really broken that hold. No, I think all it's done is basically a lot of the print-on-demand and, and and a lot of the self-publishing stuff um, has been uh, part of that whole boot camp thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's basically true. just created. You know, it's basically been another outlet where people kind of work through 
the craft and then they're big enough to get noticed and then you still got to go through the same <laughs> the same you know kind of process so right. you know you might as well do your research talk to friends talk to people who are writers and mm -hmm. you know and, and then a lot and that's how a lot of this stuff happens people mm -hmm. talk you, you talk to x y and z and they tip you to a b and c and c says yeah i, I you know i i I know somebody and who's, a, who's an agent might be looking for somebody. You talk to that agent, that agent says, well, I'm not really taking on really new people, rookies, but this person is. Right. And boom, that's how it happens. That's how it happens. That's it's exactly very, right. you know, I think it's, it's, it's surprisingly a lot more old school than people think it is. It's not as digital as people think it is. Although yeah. you do have, you know, kind of, um, things that like what, what kelly garrett was doing um online with you know hooking people up with yeah. agents and stuff like that those kind of um um kind of like you know the dating game kind of stuff yeah. you know so no. you know so that that's yeah. uh, but even that's kind of old school too i mean you know you're kind of setting up uh workshops almost where people meet people so it's yeah whatever it's, you it's can do good, is, is yeah. i think people should do that it's a, yeah, it's just, it's a whole, you, you're right. A, a lot of it is a lot more old school than people really think because even as much as I sent out letters of inquiry and all of that to publishers and to agents that my, my, the publishing house and the agent didn't come about by doing that. That was through networking. Right. Just strictly through networking. And so, but that's I'm not to say that you shouldn't, you shouldn't oh, no, send out should. queries and you stuff should. like that. You should, you should, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Well, are, are there any words of encouragement you can offer to um, common author struggles like rejection, isolation, and marketing? <laughs> well, I think some of that stuff, I know this sounds cheesy, but some of that stuff that was in that Sean Connery movie, um, Finding Forrester, yes. is, is, is actually, it does work. I mean... You know, find a short story or something that you really like. I mean, usually something short, and just read it, and then start typing it over again. Yeah. You know, to get a rhythm going and to see how this person's thought process goes. Take a story apart, you know, and and and, and see. Um, look at you know, and, and read too. I mean, if you read other people's novels, I mean, you you get an idea of how they structure their dialogue, how the um, plot advances you know um just just things like that i mean you can't just nobody can just sit down and just start writing stuff mm -hmm. um but some but you know some of that advice like you know write write out a whole draft right. and then go back into it and tear into it with a red pen i mean i had a uh my, one of my, my old agents said you know the written you know it, it's something that i use in school you know, I tell students, I said, the red pen you should fear should be your own, not mine. <laughs> okay, it should be your, you know, because some, you know, and, and, and try to see what you're, what you're comfortable at doing. You know, there, there's a, uh, there's, there's this, this uh, nomenclature, are you a pantser or are you an outliner? Right. And what that means, are you a seat of the pants kind of writer? You just throw, you just throw the stuff down and just let it roll, let it rip. Mm -hmm. Or do you sit there and meticulously outline things? And I think most people kind of tend towards the middle, but mm -hmm. but I think people start off uh, differently. And I think that if you learn which one of those you are, you, that way you can adjust for the weaknesses that each has. Um, if you're a pantser like me, you can you can outline, not really outline, but maybe have you know um, um, post-it stickers, uh, which are very good. Yeah. I mean, because that's frankly I mean, you see that in writers rooms on tv yeah they have different colored note cards and, and things like that for different characters and different movement um so you know if you're a pantser and you're more character oriented you should probably you know get some 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 stickers and some note cards to help more with the plot if yeah. you're a outliner and you're not really a, a character-oriented person, you, you know. Well, first of all, you need, you need to get a personality. <laughs> <laughs> Second of all, you, you know, be around more colorful people because it is really mm -hmm. about character. I mean, yes. agents and publishers and critics say it's about the plot, but the people who buy the books 
you know, unless it's some, unless you have like some bizarre, truly crazy plot twists, mm -hmm. it really is about the character. Yeah. Um, but you know, but if you're if you're an outliner, I mean, you know, get some help in in drawing, you know, real rich characters and rich language and stuff like that. So I mean, it, it, it you know, it, it's a question of just finding out what your strengths are, finding out what your weaknesses are, and work on, you know, blast the strengths up there and work on the the weaknesses. But just keep doing it. Mm -hmm. you, you know, it it, 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 you know, it, it, if you have to go, if you have to break off from one thing to to do another, you know, um, you know, work on it. You work on short stories to to kind of keep your because that will really sharpen you up. Yeah. Um, you know, um, and and submit to magazines. You know, there are magazines and and and, and a lot of um, online magazines that'll take short stories. That'll help you. Not only with the craft, but also build your name up. Mm -hmm. You can Makes find them on Twitter you. and all kinds of other places. Mm -hmm. So that's yeah. that's my advice. I mean, you know, and, and it's just to keep. You don't have to keep working on one thing, but just keep working. Yes. On mm -hmm. it, and you know, get some advice from people you trust, from people in the business, um, preferably, but people you trust, and yeah. um, you know, because they're gonna, you know. Because you know, your friends will say, "Yeah, that sounds like a really great story," but then they're they're probably thinking about something they saw on the Hallmark Channel, and, you know, and then <laughs> it reminds them somehow of what you've done, and they're like, "Oh, okay, yeah, it sounds great," and then you realize from when professionals get a hold of it, it really wasn't. So exactly, yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, what is what is a method that you use? Even if it's just one thing to keep focused and organized as you manage various projects, um, I think it's it. I, I have to have an idea because I'm a pantser. You know, I have to have a single idea or a character or a thing that excites me that keeps me that pulls me into each of those things. Okay. And I usually work on two, at least two different things at a time because that way they'll compete with each other, mm. and I won't. You know. I, I won't get a block. Yeah. And 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 while I'm working on one thing, if I'm at a rhythm, that'll that'll pull the block off the other thing. Mm -hmm. And but it's, it has to be some kind of ideas that I keep sucking in that I can see on the street or I hear from some people. I hear a, I eavesdrop a story. Mm -hmm. You know, um, it, it, it. I mean, I, I wish I was a relationship writer because. You know, every year, you know, my wife drags me to Howard University homecoming stuff. <laughs> and all I have to do is keep my ears open. And there's like drama all the time. Oh, yeah. And, you know, and, and, and it's and whether, you, you know, and I'm talking about middle aged people here. I mean, and I, you know, you, you leave your ears open for like the kids. I mean, <clears throat> you, you just basically bring that all that inside and, and um, eavesdrop. And just be aware, ideas will come to you. And, and if you've got a, a good, sexy idea that can pull you into these these projects mm -hmm. so they don't seem like work, like drudgery, right. that's how it, 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 it happens. Because when they, the minute they start to, to be like, oh, well, I guess I got to get up at 5 a.m. and start writing. <laughs> <You know? laughs> it's not going to work. You, want, you have to be excited to get up and do that. Yeah. Um, yeah. However... If you do find yourself awake at 5 a.m. and with nothing to do, start writing. That's right. Yeah. Um, uh, you all, and I think that, that that is is what you have to do. You also have to, and this goes back to the first thing I said about hobbies. You have to train um, significant others, wives, husbands, boyfriends, children, parents into um uh, your new into your world to say look i'm 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 a writer right okay don't make fun of me uh, you know i'm i'm doing this this is my passion you know this is what you know you don't have to support me outright just don't get in my way so let me ask you this because because we're similar in a way where i you didn't really leave law because you still you still practice but you kind of segued into, <laughs> yeah, a little bit. So you kind of segued into being like a full-blown writer. And I, I, I kind of segued from school administration. I was a school principal for many years. 
Uh-huh. And I had this crazy idea I wanted to be a writer for full time. And I'm telling you, I think friends and family thought I thought it was a phase, thought I was going to go back. They thought I was, I think they thought I was crazy. They, I would hear things like, you're wasting your education. Did you hear any of any of that? Yeah, I, um, <laughs> I did. Um, fortunately, when I started, um, you know, at the turn of the century, basically, that was, especially for r- lawyers, that was kind of like a hot ticket. Um, uh, but that fizzled pretty quickly. I think that what how I did it was basically tell people, look, I mean, I, I'm doing my homework here. I understand, you know, I, I'm attending workshops that are that, that I've researched that are good for me. I'm not, I'm not going around the country just doing that and not have any talent but just keep banging my head up against the wall <laughs> right i mean I'm, I'm doing my homework here i'm looking for you know an agent i'm doing I'm, I'm trying to structure things that this is this is something serious um mm-hmm. and i think that i think that most people if they love you and they see how serious you are then they'll support you or, or again or at least stay out of your way i yeah. think it's when it's i think it's when you just wake up one day and declare that you're an author that that's when it you know you have to be realistic and say look i mean you know i know that the only thing i've written is a is a thesis in school <laughs> you know that's over anything over the only thing i've written over 10 pages has been a thesis or something or a dissertation dissertation yeah. or something you know you, if you're honest with with them and yourself they tend to take you more seriously right mm-hmm. um yeah. And then they start to see, you know, that you, you, you're, 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 you're getting into this more mm-hmm. and you're doing things that they're, you know, they're not familiar with and you're entering competitions right. and things like that. You're submitting things for magazines and, and then they start to see, okay, well, you know, that's pretty, that's pretty interesting. That's pretty serious because yeah. I mean, like, as I said before, um, you know, at some point you're going to be boot camped. At some point you're going to have professionals look at your stuff and mm-hmm. that's why um not everybody can do this and that's why not everybody is is even remotely successful and when i mean remotely successful i mean that that immortality bit where you actually are in a bookstore it doesn't have to be barnes uh, barnes and noble but an independent bookstore yeah. and there's your book on the shelf that's right. you know it, it, it's not everybody can do that and that's because at some point you know, there. You know, a lot of it is opportunity, and 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 people. You know, there are people deserving out there with talent that that that, that get overlooked. That is very very true. Yeah. The, the the issue though is a lot of times it's the system kind of invisibly winnowing things out because I I guarantee you on on on, on every um, lawyer's laptop and probably on every. Um, elementary school principal's laptop is 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 a is a novel or <laughs> short stories because because i think everybody who deals with people um uh, uh, as a profession are going to start collecting those stories and those ideas mm-hmm. and yeah. and and not everybody's going to be able to bring that to fruition mm-hmm. and you know i mean some people have to realize that it might not be you you know, you, you might be better at something a little bit more specific. Right. You might be, you know, you might be better at short stories submitted to anthologies and magazines. You might be better at poetry. You might even be better at nonfiction. Yeah. You know, I mean, instead of a instead of a novel about, you know, how crazy the teachers and parents are at my school, it might be a documentary, you know, or you, you might have, you might you know, have to quit and say, look, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be a documentarian. I'm going to write a book about you know um primary and secondary education in america you know or something like that Mm -hmm. so you know it it might not be a creative writing it might it might be nonfiction. Mm -hmm. you know so it's 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 a lot of things that people have to um think about but i think it starts with um the if you all if you always had that passion have you always had yeah. that idea that this is something that you wanted to do, right. but you didn't because, you know, life got in the way, you know, or you had to have a different kind of job. You know, you, you couldn't afford to be kind of an MFA in college, yeah. you know, you, you <laughs> couldn't afford an MFA. You had to get, you know, you had to get a, a practical 
uh, degree and a, and, a, and, a, and a practical graduate degree or something like yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think most of the people I know that didn't start off with MFAs and stuff like that, that you know, a lot of genre writers like a mystery are, a lot of them were, were, were very creative people as children and in high school and maybe even in college. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and so, you know, I think that that bug is always there. I don't think it necessarily just descends from heaven and then you decide, okay. I mean, I think <laughs> to some people, I know it, it does happen to some people. A lot of them um, are, you know, a lot of them are celebrities. And I tell, I tell people, look, I mean, don't, because some celebrity or athlete decides they want to write a novel, don't, you know, that, that's, that's, you know, they have a built-in market. And they have people <laughs> around them who are conspiring to make more money off of their trash. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, yeah. don't don't look at them as a role model. No. You know, it, whether they're trying to write it themselves or there's somebody's ghostwriting it or yeah. something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good advice. Well, how do you recommend placing our author books and platforms with moral messages? Because there's so much darkness in the world. Well, I, it's hard. I mean, with my stuff, my stuff is, is technically in the genre. Yeah, it's technically hard-boiled noir. And I think the, you know, with my stuff, you know, there's hardly ever a happy ending. Right. You have to, um, the ending that you, that you aim for is, is some kind of equilibrium. Mm-hmm. That's what I tell students, too, that something goes to some level that people can live with. Mm-hmm. And there's enough hope that at some point, you know, it might be overcome. But a lot of 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 uh, you know of gray and you know and, and and darkness that there's still it's still there. Yeah, we still have work to do. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it's like in noir a lot. Uh, you know, when you talk, you talk about old noir from the '40s or neo noir. In the 60s and 70s and then the, in the 80s i mean you know a lot of these stories and the movies they they didn't necessarily end well mm-hmm. they just ended and there was some there was some equilibrium to right. it i mean e- even you know e- even some of these neo-noir movies i mean even you know it, it's like um and, and and they've even considered a movie like fargo was right. neo-noir I mean, it didn't end particularly. I mean, yeah. I mean, you know, all the the people, you know, the killer kidnappers. I mean, one one got put in a meat grinder, the other got, you know, <laughs> shot and and, and 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 arrested. But all it all there was all this destruction, all of this stuff, all because of a bunch of greed and stupid stuff. And in the end, the woman is there with her husband in bed, saying, you know, they're watching TV, and it's like, you know, things aren't great, but we aren't doing so bad. After she, after she's been through this, you know, incredible, crazy stuff. Yeah. And it's 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 you don't want to manufacture, um, you don't want to manufacture hope. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't you don't want to like have it just out there for no reason. I mean, you you know, there's always going to be pessimism and bad stuff. You you just want to make it so that people can just keep on keeping on. That's it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because you know the, the morality in, in, in a lot of noir is a lot of is a lot of amorality. It's not not immorality. That's all throughout you know whatever crime fiction. But it's amorality. It's kind of like a lot of stuff is relative. Yeah. And you know you might have characters that are just that are the protagonists, but are just so messed up. You know that they yeah. don't that they're not they're not going to mind taking shortcuts or not speaking up for people when they should. Yeah, but it, but circumstances are going to kind of force things, where that kind of behavior you're going to have to do stuff like that, and it, it's 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 a um, you know, and, and and a lot of times there likewise there are people who do write all the time that are punished for that, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. But I mean, it, it's you, the only thing I can say is don't manufacture hope, don't manufacture mm-hmm. goody two shoe stuff out of thin air. Yeah. I mean, there's there's got to be something inherent in your characters and your story where that will come through. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't have to just just out, you know outwardly tug it out and sugarcoat it. Yeah. Well, like, okay, so so um, 
before interview you, I was checking out some of your books and, and like a prayer for, for deliverance. Right. right. I mean, first of all, I'm a thriller person. I love to read it. I love to, that's what I like to watch. I'm not a chick flick kind of a girl. But this, this is a terrifying, it's terrifying because, you know, it's about like your past catching up with you, right? Yeah. <laughs> it, well, you know, catching, it's, yeah. It's, it, exactly. And you, you have to, I mean, and, 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 and what the audiences want to see is how these people, these protagonists, and even some of the antagonists, how you run them, how you run them through the ringer. Right. And but have, they have still been come learned out. anything. Yeah. Yes, I feel like you. I feel like you do a good job of. It's not completely dark, where the people are. There's incredible odds stacked against these characters, and they, they, they are able to overcome. And so, to me, that's hopeful. Yeah, I mean, and that's yeah. all you. You know, it. See, and again, it depends, and how you're what you're writing in the genre. I mean, say, you have a lot of people. Uh, and crime writers of color, um, a lot of a lot of women are writing, you know, cozies. Right. Um, now the cozies, the, but women of color have turned cozies on their ear, so it's not like Agatha Christie, <laughs> you know, some cat, you know, some house cat sees somebody get murdered with some poison in the parlor. You know, yeah. that stuff is, you know, uh, women of color have just trashed that whole thing, <laughs> that whole trope. But they they still they still are not, you know, that hard edge. But they do have some kind, they do have a little bit of a hard edge because a lot of it is based on the reality of being a woman of color. Yes, might be yes. a single mother um, juggling two or three hourly jobs. Yes. Uh-huh. You know, something like that. Um, you know, or these, or domestic suspense, which is what, you know, um, women like Kelly Garrett do, you know, mm-hmm. y- 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 there you're talking about a totally different thing where, you know, the stuff out on the street is supposed to be the scary stuff, but in that, in their genre, the scary person is the perfect man you met at the, at your friend's wedding and you right. started dating and, and yeah. he's got the best job and the, you know, and you've had the best sex ever and you know and he's taking you to all these countries and yeah. you know it turns out he strangled his last three girlfriends or you right. know or or, or 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 he's disappeared but you, you do that too What's you that? do that too you do that too because you had your um angela bivens uh i mean so what was terrifying is that what she had to end up killing Yep. She took the life of killing a serial killer, and one of them was her boyfriend. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, it, it did have it did have a little domestic suspense in it, which is you know, which is funny. You know, you should bring that up because whenever I'm with a bunch of writers, I actually and they remember me from that from that fir- you know that that uh, that stuff. I actually tell them, I said, you know, I was doing I if you, my first it was actually simply for the devil. I said my first my first crime novel was actually had elements of domestic suspense in it yeah and they're like yeah, yeah whatever you know it's mostly the women you know and because they're saying yeah you you know you're just trying to sound relevant to us now and i'm like no look at the plot yeah. of my book okay so i said yeah. go back google it you know ask people who read it back in the 2000s you know mm-hmm. you know that, that it, it you know it, it it's it was you know this guy who was killing people was was her perfect man mm-hmm. um yeah. but i mean it's mm-hmm. it's i think the difference is i was using that as a vehicle and not the primary thrust yeah. mm-hmm. um and yeah. you know but i mean it it, it depends so they're they're, they're going to be they're going to try to get to a moral plane um mm-hmm. in a different way so their morality might be that this bad person gets what's coming to them but the protagonist is still just worn out ragged and has lost everything he or she has held dear and is and is a little embittered you know and and Mm -hmm. moving through life a little bit more embittered maybe a little bit more aware but a little bit more embittered than 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 they did before i might Mm -hmm. say she did before because a lot of them are, are 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 women yeah um so even then we're not talking about you know, happy endings. We're talking about a happy ending where let's say the, this villain, you know, gets some kind of comeuppance, but you know, at, at what cost? 
Yeah. I mean, some of them mm-hmm. might be, you know, one person gets sacrificed and the real villain kind of keeps on going mm-hmm. because that's how the world works. You know, you could have an ending like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's the morality is, is, you know, you'll see the morality and the uprightness in the characters. Um, even if they started off just, you know, like with my character, Dickie Cornish, I mean, he can, he starts off, you know, you first time you see him, he's living on a steam grate on top of the Smithsonian. Yeah. Um, drinking, you know, um, um, Mickey's and, and, and smoking K2. <laughs> and, 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 and thinking about, you know, when he escaped from rehab and, and just a hospital gown, yeah. naked, out on the street. Mm-hmm. People, you know, people, kids were throwing rocks at him and the cops had to come get him. I mean, that's how you see him, the first t- thing you see in Scavenger. Right. And now in this book, he's actually trying to hold down a job and he's getting, uh, he's taking his meds from the, because he's going back to the VA. And, mm-hmm. but even going back to the VA is terrible. I mean, there's, 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 there's bureaucracy and there's a subplot going on with that as well, you know, and it, mm-hmm. it affects the major plot. And, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, it's, it, it's, you know, he's, he's, he's overcoming in steps these things, but as he rises in each step, the challenges get to be more sophisticated. At right. the initial step, when he was lower than low, the challenge was staying alive and not right. ODing, you know, or going mm-hmm. to the shelter and cleaning up. I mean, now it's it gets higher level. And, and um, you know, that's that's how life is, you know. It, that's exactly right. And it's 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 about bringing truth to to what it it's it's like new levels new devils you know so you, you right so you you move from the hospital to the i like that I'll have, to, I'll have to steal that <laughs> yeah yeah so you so each each um level of success will come with it with its share of challenges so exactly I, I like that you said that well are there any author news or events you'd like to update us about and also please can you tell us how we can stay in touch with you. Oh, um, I'm on, uh, I have to, well, I mean, I, I'm going to be having in, in the DC area, some book parties starting in November and December. And, okay. um, you know, um, you know, just, uh, uh, keep, keep, um, watch on there. I'm, I'm on, um, Instagram, um, at professor, prof, at prof Chris C. So at, Prof Chris and the letter C. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm also on uh, Facebook, Christopher Allen Chambers, and uh, Christopher Chambers is the author page. Mm-hmm. And I'm on Twitter, and I changed my Twitter handle, and I, now I forgot what it was. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it's it's it, if you look up um, danger, the journey of danger, uh, sorry, the journal of Dangerfield newbie. Or just put okay. up Dangerfield newbie. That was one of the guys that got killed with John Brown, by the way. Oh, was a hero of mine. Um, okay. You can find me on 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 Twitter, but um, Instagram. I'm all over Instagram and Facebook at okay. at Prophecy on uh, Instagram and Christopher Allen Chambers on uh, Facebook. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, then you'll see where you know I've got. I'll have some um, events coming up. I'm in most bookstores. Standalone is in most uh, bookstores, including Barnes and Noble, and uh, of course you can get in on a bookshop if you want to support uh, indie bookshops online. And of course, good old Jeff Bezos, um, you know he sells it too. <laughs> All right, okay. So, okay, and so you were telling us about some other projects that you're you're lining up. Oh, and and then um, and um, on uh, November twelfth. Um, my um, anthology with Gary Phillips and Gar Anthony Williams, Witnesses for the Dead, uh, comes out from Soho Crime. Um, that is an anthology about people who witnessed or are witnessing somebody being killed, and what they ha- and you know how that affects them. And there's all kinds of scary suspense and stuff like that. Um, so that comes out. Witnesses for the Dead comes out on, on November. 12th and again standalone the second Dickie Cornish mystery uh just literally came out oh wow okay and that's standalone and that's standalone yes okay that's the latest book okay that's exciting 
and you're doing local book signings as well? Uh, yeah, I mean, right now, um, before we get any parties going, because it's a crowded season, I'm, I'm just, people have me come into the store and sign stock, and then they put them up on the, uh, on the shelf with a nice mm-hmm. bright sticker. So that, that's fun to do. Oh. Um, sometimes you sell more books doing that than having a formal event. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's you, true. You'll have, you'll have, you know, I've, I've been to things where I've had 40 people sitting out in the audience and 10 books get sold. Wow. But, but, mm-hmm. um, but then, um, you know, I'll go into a store, you know, whether it's in DC or Manhattan or wherever, and I'll sign them and they'll put stickers on them and they'll put them up in the front. And over the course of three days, they're gone. Oh, wow. Okay. That's, so that's a great marketing uh, tactic. Yeah. You should always go into stores and sign your stock because then the people will remember you and they'll hand sell, you know, the books, they'll recommend them. They'll have a sticker on them that, you know, it's autographed and it'll be, because you know they they want to sell the books. Mm-hmm. They want to sell yeah. books. I mean, they're, they're not they're not totally jaded where they're only gonna, you know, they're they're only gonna push the big names. Yeah. You know, they want to they want to sell all of them. They want to sell everything they've got, mm-hmm. and anything that they can do to do that, they will they will do. Trust me. Yeah, but that's a good advice to authors not to neglect your local bookstores. And oh to yeah. Know that yeah, and to know that. Hey, if you get those those sign those stickers showing that it's been signed, and that you interact with the the staff there at your local bookstores, that that is a, that's an end for you because then they can say, hey, I met this author. Yeah. You know, and, and that's a good that's such a good tactic. I'm glad that you shared that. So, is there anything that you would like to leave our listeners with? Well, that um, well, yeah, go out and buy standalone. Three Rooms Press by Christopher Chambers, um, but but I mean, but don't what don't um, don't turn your back on the crime fiction genre. I think a lot of I mean, there's still, even though we've turned it turned it upside down, and are really we're the ones, the people of color are the ones making the move. We're still a minority. Um, yeah. You know, support your local uh, bookstores, but but but. Don't just go there to buy YA books and children's books and and, and yeah. calendars. Go there, yeah. <laughs> go there and buy fiction. You know, because mm-hmm. that is the real art form. And 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 don't neglect crime fiction because that's where the real creative stuff is going on. Mysteries yeah. and thrillers. Mm-hmm. That's right. Well, it has been such a pleasure to hang out with you, Christopher. Do you like Chris or Christopher? Which one do you? Uh, prefer? Chris. Chris. Okay. So. Next time you come on, we'll be calling you Chris because you, you'll be family anyway. The next That's time. right. <laughs> <laughs> but you ta- taught us a lot. You taught us um, not to turn um, our backs on crime fiction and support local bookstores and buy fiction because that's where the real creative hangout. So exactly. I, just, I absolutely love that. Yeah. And, and listeners, don't forget to pierce through the darkness with the spoken word.